Evening, everybody. It is Monday. It is eight o'clock. We are bang on time this evening. It's uh, episode sixteen of the Total Everything Podcast. I can't believe it. Sixteen. That's like thirty-two weeks that we've been doing this. Absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> right. I'm going to try and skip all the pre-ramble stuff because we've got a lot to get through in our in our hour tonight. So we'll, before we introduce our guests of honor, who we can see gloriously in the middle, uh, we'll quickly run round. And to introduce the rest of the panel, we have got Mr. Blunters. Hello, hello everyone. We have got Ryan. Hello, hello, welcome. Uh, this is an episode that um, you don't want to miss. This is going to be great. Exactly that. And as always, we have our guru and head chief, Mr. Sir Top and Hat, Mr. Derek. How are we doing? Good, sir. Good evening. It's great to be here once again. So, uh, yeah, hopefully an action-packed evening ahead is going to be and for everyone that's joining us live you are all very very welcome here so thank you please if you do have questions do throw them into the chat we will get them started and we will get to them at the end um but yes we are very very excited uh ryan was uh sort of brought this out the last time we were chatting that this was possibly going to happen it has happened we've made it work this is absolutely fantastic we have got the creators of full void which is going to be coming to evercade in just a few weeks uh, joining us this evening so we have the development team from out of the bit and that is uh, let me get this right now because i did write this down we've got ali hi we are very excited to be here tonight yeah <laughs> brilliant welcome ali we have got miles i am one of the artists on full void Welcome, welcome, welcome. And we've got Leo. Hello. I'm also another artist here. Welcome, welcome. You guys are so, so welcome here. Thank you so much for giving up some time to come and uh, join us on our little slice of the internet to talk. Well, just all things full void. We can't wait. Thank you for Hi. having us. Yeah. No problems. So uh, let's jump straight into our first topic, which is something we love to ask people, whether it's developers or content creators. Uh, and that is just some of your early gaming memories, some things that sort of drew drew you into the hobby of uh, video games, whether that was when you were younger or if you were a late bloomer. Yeah, just just give us some uh, give us some stories of some of your early gaming memories. Of course, I guess I'll start and then we can take turns. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Ali, as I said, I'm the founder and director of the company, uh, Out of the Bit. And my earliest gaming memory, I'd say, is arcade machines, uh, bars, you know, near the seaside as well where I waste my money, you know, all the classic from Atari and then really like Outrun as well. Uh, mostly like really quick games to pick up and play. Big fan of those. Uh, also remember playing uh, together with my cousin on his Commodore 64, which I loved. Uh, and I asked my parents, get me a Commodore 64. And they got me a BBC Micro. But I loved, <laughs> I loved it nevertheless. <laughs> and I learned to program on that machine. It was great for... Uh, basic and you know uh, 
was really good machine to program. And then nice. I took it from there, I went on to the Amiga, and then, you know, that's the rest, you know, PlayStation, Mega Drive, all the rest. What about you guys? Yeah, so my name's Miles. I'm one of the pixel artists for Out of the Bay. I joined last year to help with Fall Void. Um, for me, like the earliest gaming memory, um, born just before the millennium, so PlayStation 2 was my first gaming console. It's now probably considered a retro gaming console, which is... Yep, it's all good. <laughs> feels weird to say. Um, and I used to play that with, with my brother and, and my mom and my dad. And we started off with like SSX Tricky, I think. Yeah. My parents were just absolutely destroying my brother and I. They took there was no remorse when we played it. Uh, <laughs> eventually, like now nowadays, I'll, I'll be my parents at uh, video games, fortunately. Um, but then I also really enjoyed a lot of the mascot platformers on the PlayStation 2. So things yeah. like Jackster, Ratchet and Clank, all of those, those, and those have like really stuck with me as well. So I love drawing art for those games and always try to like sneak in maybe something to do with those within any sort of game development. Um, wasn't really possible in Full Void, um, but hopefully in the future it will be. <laughs> and then from there, I went on to, I think next console was a Game Boy. And I played loads of Pokemon and just went through all of the different Nintendo consoles, uh, had a PS3, but then eventually settled on a PC. And I think PC has been my main platform since. Um, mm -hmm. And I played a lot of Minecraft on that. And then as well, when it came to like game development, I did a lot of scratch programming. So visual scratch programming. Yeah. Uh, but that's sort of my initial en in entry into like game development. And with Minecraft as well, it's a sort of similar thing. I did a lot of modding and making texture packs, and that's sort of how pixel art then got developed with that. And then, unfortunately, I also played a lot of Dota 2. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that anymore. And now I'm playing Baldur's Gate. It's my latest latest game. Excellent. Right. Uh, in my case, it's a very similar background to Miles. Like, same thing, started off with the PlayStation 2 had a Game Boy as well at the same time. I had an older brother, so I got all the hand-me-downs from him. Whenever the PlayStation 3 came out, he just gave me the PlayStation 2, and I'd be playing by myself on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very similar games as well, SSX2, um, Jack and Daxter, and then on the Game Boy, mostly Pokemon games. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I love them. Transitioned to PlayStation 3, and that's when I started playing with friends more as well, and not just by myself. And I started <laughs> learning about the social aspects of video games, and I got into like Call of Duty and the popular newer games, right? Um, and then I also transitioned to PC games, but through a MacBook. Oh, um, <laughs> right. So it was kind of a rough transition. So all I played I was Minecraft and League of Legends for about seven years, uh, <laughs> all the way through uni as well. And now Commitment. we recently yeah yeah how exciting it's funny that you mentioned um scratch miles because when mm -hmm. my son was in secondary school and he was sort of going through their computing classes i remember my it classes at school were double clicking documents and opening word and that was considered learning how to use a computer <laughs> um, when my son came home and was like oh we're building video games in scratch you're like yeah that's not a lesson. <laughs> Show me what it is. And he'd like he he was really into Five Nights at Freddy's. And he'd like sort of reskinned mm. it with Shrek, and it was it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's great that that sort of thing is is widely available for people to actually sort of, I guess, feed that creativity because it's it sort of led you to to well to here, which is great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Scratch is such a great, great entry for people. It's so easy to pick up and learn. It really teaches you the skills of coding, like yeah. teaches you that sort of logic of coding and the language. So, yeah. Very cool. No, I love it. Um, just, just before we move on, I think Miles and Leo, yeah. the two youngest people we've ever had on our channel. <laughs> yes, too. Yeah. Yes, too. Yeah. I was already a uni. <laughs> she said you were born just before the millennium, so that means your birthday doesn't have a two at the start. No, that's fine. You're still welcome in <laughs> here. It's when people say, I'm born in, <laughs> say I'm born in the 90s. <laughs> It's right, when someone says, yeah. oh, my birthday is 2000 and you're like, and? There's yeah. More. <laughs> oh, There's more. <laughs> terrifying, terrifying. Um, okay, so. By the uh, way, sorry, guys. I saw a couple of people commented that they met us and was, so big shout yeah. out to them as well. Yeah. Yes, I think we've got Mag in the chat, uh, middle-aged yeah. gamer guy, uh, fantastic streamer, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. He'd be a really good guy to to get in touch with if you, uh, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. I mean, it was great to meet him uh, was as well. Excellent. There he is. Um, okay. So our next question uh, for you guys is, uh, ooh, if it wants to work, there we go. Uh, what is it that brought you guys all together? Did, who, who sort of, I guess, well, yeah. How, how did it happen? How did your, your yes. team start? Yeah. In a way, again, I grew up in Italy and uh, I always loved computer and again started programming when i was eight on the bbc micro and then i moved on to the amiga and that at that time there were amazing magazine um that you would buy monthly and they will tell you all about the next games previews uh development diaries and i used to read the uh, uh, diaries of people in the uk that will you know create games like team 17 mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff and i was really inspired I, was, I want to do that too you know one day so you know, it took a bit of time because I went to uni, uh, finished uni, and then I worked in Italy for about one year. I wasn't very happy with the salary and the job. And then people were looking for, uh, you know, there were uh, positions open in the UK, and I moved, started working for other companies for about three years. And then I started out a bit because, again, at the time I had no kids and no mortgage. And I said, you know, if you want to try something, now is the time to do it. Yeah, uh, you can still do it with kids and mortgage, okay? <laughs> but it's, yeah, when, you know, you get started and you don't, right? And uh, yeah, the iPhone just launched and I started making mobile games uh, for the iPhone and then Android. And then I wanted to tackle more complex projects. And we did a bunch of indie games on mobile, on the iPad, and then we started making games for PC. Uh, obviously, I love classic games uh, by, you know, uh, sensible software. Team 17. So I wanted to recreate those kind of games. And we did Super Arcade Football and Super Arcade Racing, which are uh, very much like games you'll find from the 90s, but modernized a little bit with more content online, local co-op and versus. And they did really well. And we ported the game on PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, and then we wanted to tackle some more complex projects. Uh, and that's when I wanted to work with some, you know, uh, artists like really good animators and that's the time Leo joined the company uh, was it two years ago now right? yeah exactly so maybe you can ago. continue the story from there yeah so um in my case I come from an art background I studied illustration in London right um but I always knew I wanted to work in the game industry um especially from League of Legends I was just amazed by how much they focused on you know make the game look good and how much how important that is mm -hmm. um 
So I, I knew I wanted to work in the game industry as an artist. Um, and right after graduating, um, I, I sent out uh, some, some emails and uh, reached out to Ali asking for an internship. And uh, he was nice enough to give me one. <laughs> <laughs> and funny enough, yeah, at, um, during my one month uh, internship, um, I managed to bash up a lot of animations uh, when they needed it. Uh, so he was like, you know what, just come along uh, and keep doing those animations for us, right? Uh, and then after that, the company went through some changes as well and ended up being the only artist for a period of time. Yeah, yeah. The other artist just retired, which was nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we had a nice relationship, but he was decided to retire and Leo was there, right? So yeah. we just stayed together. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I joined as Full Void was starting. Like the project was in the early prototype stage and Ali showed me how the game looked and what the idea was. And I felt like, oh, I really like this and I want to work on this. Um, mm. I joined the company and then um, less uh, a bit over a year ago yeah. is when we realized maybe we need another artist to help make such a big game, right? Uh, and that's when Miles joined the company. Yeah. So before working out of the bit, I'd been working on a game called Shadows of Doubt and okay. uh, I finished my contract with that and then um, sort of saw, saw a post on, on Twitter um from the company and and applied to the job uh they i did an art test for them and then came down for an interview and yeah it was i saw the office i saw the game i saw full void like the really early prototype of full void and went okay may, maybe this is something that i i can uh, i can i can do and i yeah. think what what's quite interesting as well is that the art test that i ended up doing is fairly similar to the actual style of Full Void that we've done, despite the fact that uh, I had no idea what the style of Full Void was. You know, we had some early concept art and I then brought that and developed that, um, you know, so with, because I've specialized in pixel art and mm -hmm. Shadows of Doubt is kind of like a sort of neo-noir cyberpunky yeah. sort of game. And so that art style uh, translated quite well to Full Void. And so using all of my pixel art knowledge and experience with that and, you know, scratch i'd done loads of pixel art um i then helped develop the art style and uh, taught leo things and leo then taught me things and yeah and yeah and then from, from that point on um full void like slowly built and and yeah yeah you didn't mention about your boxer background yeah so that. yeah oh yeah i guess as well i could bring that up as um because w with with voxel art um i'd done i mean shadows it out was a was a almost purely voxel based game Mm -hmm. uh, the textures and voxel art and i actually ended up bringing that voxel art into full void um so we've got some 3d objects in the game and um we were using a different method but because i knew voxel art and i knew the software cubicle i was like how about we try this and so that helped bring a lot of the puzzles to like a whole nother level because we could be way more complicated and yeah, uh, yeah. Bring some stuff to that, and then it's also like the whole three D stuff. You've got the hacking and spinning, and yeah, there's loads of vo voxel art in it that you probably won't be able to tell. Yeah, it helps to yeah. give that, that unique cyberpunk look. Yeah, right? yeah, and yeah. make animation easier for us for some of the things. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the main thing. Yeah, because yeah. it's you know I'm I'm a sucker for for pixel art games of um, you know retro modern games you know things like Hunt Down, Blazing Chrome, um, and that kind of thing. I just because it really sort of takes me right back to that 16-bit Super Nintendo era, which for me is a very happy period in gaming. Um, you know when we saw 
full void that must admit the first time i actually saw it was during um evercade's um showcase that they put on and that was one of the games i think i remember saying on our sort of roundup that was like yeah that's that's the kind of thing that we they need to be pulling to this yeah. system because <laughs> it's yes it's it's that sort of retro look and it's pixel but it does stand out from everything else all of the really good pixel art games that are modern and and everything like that the the, the good ones stand apart from the others and full void definitely does that so hearing how you've all kind of come together and actually sort of influenced each other and taken in ideas you, you can see why this this game is well the, the, the way that it is that's that's really really cool um thank you. yeah that means a lot thank you thank you <laughs> so sticking with uh sort of where we're at in terms of you know you guys have all come together you, you're obviously sort of clicking and gelling into the into the right sort of frame of mind what was the plan going into making full void or was there just sort of a, a story concept and you built from there or yeah what was it how, how did full void sort of come to fruition yeah it connects together with my vision for the company i always say uh we had 2d games and i agree with you that golden uh, age where we had the Mega Drive, the Super Nintendo, New Geo, that kind of look, right? When we had a bit more memory, we could do a bit more compared to, you know, 8-bits. But then everything went 3D, right? So uh, things go back in 2D up to a certain point. Then after PlayStation and 3D, or like everything was 3D. And no mm -hmm. one wanted to see pixel art anymore. Of course, we still had pixel art here and there. But we kind of lost like one area. Like now that finally we have the, the memory to do any animations we want, put hundreds of animations, create full screen animations, we're actually, you know, mostly using 3D. And that's what we want to do with the company. We want to actually, you know what, let's let's do 2D like was never done before. Uh, and we that's why, you know, we need the artist and it takes time because everything is hand drawn and hand animated. And it's like doing an animated film it takes time to do it but that was impossible on the mega drive on the amiga you know you could see amazing stuff on the mega drive and the amiga but the memory was still limited like 64k around for the mega drive and anyway megabytes of memory on the cartridge and the amiga but now even if you use like 100 200 megabytes we can have lots and lots of stuff uh, in game and that's what we're trying to do together uh, uh, with the guys so for, for full void the idea was this to to provide an adventure, something people could play, a bit like another world. Like another world managed to do it on the Amiga because it was vector based. So mm -hmm. you kind of go around the limitation of the, the pixel buffer and the graphic because it could really be cinematic. And that's why it stood out so much on the Amiga. It still, still is a great game. So, really, a piece of art the game. And uh, that, you know, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to do an adventure, something you will pick up and play. and you will have no idea what what's going to happen on the next screen because the next screen is like a different painting. It's something that we design all together from scratch. So most 2D games, you got a tile set, right? You got a bunch of tiles, you put them together to save memory, and then you scroll. So you, you can already picture what's going to be on the next screen, right? Mm -hmm. Or then maybe they change a the tile set per level. What we do is very different. We just approach each screen as unique. Uh, a piece of art or whatever we want to do or we want to focus on and then the guys you know they can explain probably better than uh, what i can do how they put screens together but it was the idea to provide an adventure just to answer your question yeah. yeah and for us i mean 
um, the company's motto is modern classics, right? So we came in to add that modern, like, <laughs> yeah, the art, modern right? classic. Looks wise, looks wise. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so Ali had had most of the ideas and the the story, the general like you know his goal with the game, um, but then obviously we contributed a lot to it as well. We we all had almost like an equal say, you could say, in. Um, you know, like maybe we had a different ending in mind and we thought it would be better. And I would all kind of pitch in our ideas for story, art and anything. Yeah. Um, and the, we built the game, like as we worked on it, things just kind of fell together. And then sometimes we would change things um, until we had that finished product that we we're all really happy with. Right? Yeah, there was a lot of iteration and change and yeah. stuff as, as it should be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then on the side of the art as well with that is that like I joined when we had a sort of rough concept yeah. of Leo had done a kind of concept art and, and visuals with that and 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 in terms of that composition, I think that's something that I find really fun about the game is each screen is its own composition and so you are having to come up with a whole story and narrative within the composition trying to move the story forward within the environment obviously there's no text in the game as well um and then we've also got um the, the whole sort of system with with the lighting that's how we sort of define the the level design the play area the yeah. play area because yeah. with a tile set you can sort of be a bit more specific or like um more obvious about where the player can move because you can contrast against the background or you can fit yourself to a grid when you're doing something in perspective a lot of the time where you're actually playing isn't very clear the player mm -hmm. moves within a grid movement system but you have perspective and so we have to do a ton of a ton of tricks as well with with the lighting and how we draw objects and um, yeah, it's, yeah it's 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 a lot of play testing to be able to get that so with that plan in mind, we had to really, you know, think about every single level and how how we do the perspective. Yeah, yeah. And kind of to complete your answer, like certain things were kind of set from the beginning. We knew also from the beginning together with Leo that we wanted to tell a story without text or voice. So you just you just play and you figure out what happens. So you you've got the feeling of adventure, right? Uh, yeah. Also, kind of the dark atmosphere that was set from the beginning. Uh, because of the story that we wanted to tell and then obviously like uh the mindset we just evolved the project iterate a lot on it yeah. and i need to add that towards the end we also had uh, tom on board mm -hmm. he's an animator and a pixel artist uh, uh, contributed a lot to the animations of the the game and the, the, the full screen animations and yeah. then also jack uh helped for three months with the audio ambient audio of the games and robin did the soundtrack in the uh, Amiga mod format as well. That's just to give you guys an overview of the rest of the team. Yeah. So it's quite, is that how many people were involved in, in the team in total? So we just seven people, seven, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Excellent. Should it's... we um, show a clip of the game? I think we yes, should. Yes, are we right a... to do that? Please go for it. Yeah, let's show, I, I, I love this. Let's show this. <laughs>
so good. Looks good, doesn't it? I, I just love how it, it it shows how the world looked before the story of Full Void started. It, it's 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 who, whose idea was was to bring that element to the game? Yeah. Well, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it was something connected with the game, and uh, we we just wanted to show what was before, what was after, right? That had the sense, right. okay, also make you feel alone uh, during the, the normal gameplay by contrasting what was before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we kind of work on that together, but it was kind yeah. of the, you know, the pillars of the game from the beginning. Really. Yeah, yeah, from the start, we knew we wanted to have a lot of like uh, adding clues here and there, whether it's hidden in the background or it's, you know, like as you progress in the story, you just see these flashbacks um, and kind of have the player piece together um how this world came to be and what is happening and what you're gonna do right mm. but that clip as well actually is a great example of what i was just talking about with the art when you climb down that ledge in a lot of early versions you would keep just walking off the ledge because you couldn't tell where the player was supposed to stop so you've got yes. a pipe, some plants and a wall streak to indicate where you actually drop off and then there's yeah. a bar as well which is highlighted um, in like bright light to show where you'll grab onto. And then as well on the other side with the tram, the top of the tram's lit up and that's to sort of suggest, oh, you've got to go over this way. I uh, yeah. hopefully like you, you don't really figure that out immediately, but I think as you play, you start to realize, you'll start to see the pattern that the light is sort of the direction that you need to go. A lot of people will just sort of walk around going, what, how do I, where do I go? <laughs> Eventually. I'm that type of person. I didn't notice that. <laughs> I played through the game, so <laughs> yeah. it's very subtle to me, anyway, because I didn't. Really it probably affects you like unconsciously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like you're saying, it's it's all those little design choices that you make that mean. Well, like Ryan said, if you, if if he plays through it without thinking, oh look, the light. That's where I've got to go. If he just in his mind is like, ah, oh, this this is where I naturally feel like I want to go. Then yeah. that's that's the design working at its best that's yeah really cool yeah. there's several um instances where without play testing um that probably would have annoyed a lot of players because we had to change sections which looked like there was light and players would naturally go that way because they think oh this is a route that you can go and so we with play testing we changed a lot of those areas right yeah also with like i think in one of our early levels there was just a door in the background like mm. that was open and people just kept trying to go in there. We're like, we, we got to just close that door at some point. <laughs> just, so you just slap some boards yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It um, but anyway, there are sometimes. So that, that, I'm saying, what, that screen there, there might be an Easter egg there. True, true. Yeah. Just explore. Oh, you can go into that. Oh, there's two, oh. There's two different doors, I think, that we're talking about. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to be trying every door now. Not, not marked places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um ryan if throughout we because i think we've got have we got other clips and screenshots as well to pop up yeah so... we've got another clip to show um and we've got a couple of screenshots as well but i i, yeah, I think chime in when you think they're there when they should yeah, be yeah, coming through of course <laughs> excellent i mean that sort of leads us quite nicely because we've been talking a little bit about uh the art and the story um into what are some of the influences uh, behind Full Void? So I know you've mentioned like Another World uh, and that kind of thing, but yeah, there's some some other games that not necessarily that we would think necessarily looking at them that have kind of influenced your sort of take into where Full Void is. 
Yeah, I guess I can start from the obvious, and I'm a big uh, fan of Prince of Persia as well, like the classic one. Uh, mm-hmm. I can speed run the game. I can play with my eyes closed. I really, <laughs> really like it a lot. Yeah, and uh, then obviously, you know, uh, another world flashback as well. Abyss Odyssey, you know, those are the classic. Also, again, like I mentioned, I love most of the games on the Amiga, like the big uh, games from uh, Bitmap Brothers or Team 17, Sensible Software. Uh, then, uh, aside from games, there are also some of the comics. Uh, there is a very obscure Japanese comic uh, manga, which is uh, called Gaiver, the Bio Armor. Uh, in that yes. comic, I don't know if you guys know it. <laughs> it's still unfinished. Well, I started the comic when I was 15. It's still not finished, the story. Anyway, I like I like that comic. There's a lot of biology and, you know, bio um, morphing, which I like. It's one of the references, in a way, for Food Boys as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you play the game until the end, you will see some connection there. Yeah. Uh, and then I like, you know, Stranger Things, horror in general. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's my insight. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> so I think I think with um with a lot of the influences of the game, there's probably a lot more to it than just other games. Yeah. Um a lot of what we would do was reference films. So I remember like we sat down on this sofa and put on the TV a ton of different YouTube clips of films, uh, like action films, to really get that feeling of suspense and horror films as well. Um just just to because it's a cinematic uh narrative so video games are great for mechanics but a lot of the time films is actually where this is going to be the most effective because you have this composition you have lighting and you have audio as well and so something that we would do with um with like the monster is you know find clips from certain films and go this is the sort of sound that we want this is the tone that we're looking for um is this atmospheric as well it's not it's there's a lot of just diegetic audio rather than music Mm-hmm. And um, and then regarding some uh, more modern games, the world's inspired by uh, there's Inside and Limbo by Playhead, yeah. um, which uh, <laughs> right the, yeah. they're amazing. Ali introduced me to those games, and um, they they were definitely a, a big influence. Um, and then also Little Nightmares, um, although it's a little bit too gory uh, mm. for what we were going for, but for the type of like tension and atmosphere. Mm-hmm. one of our influences yeah and that's a good point leo i i wanted to be able to play the game together with my kids yep. again i love limbo inside they're great games i cannot play them with my kids because they don't like violence they're still mm-hmm. almost 14 so they you know they cannot play the games and i wanted to have an experience which was a bit horror but also enjoyable but the whole family so you can take turns they can have solving puzzle as well so that was one of the goals of yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. And then, like Miles mentioned, uh, we really look mostly at films and stuff. I remember we went to the cinema together with Leo once, and we went to watch uh, the latest 007, yeah. 007 film. And we there was a section uh, where there was, we are talking, like we were very chill, and there yeah. was a massive explosion. <laughs> just jump. I think if you watch, you know what scene is. <laughs> Uh, and we just jumped and said, oh, that's what we need, that's what we want in the game. Like, really surprised people. And so there was a lot of influence from films as well. And also, yeah. animation, like, Studio Ghibli and that kind of stuff. Uh, we, would, we would almost get annoying, you know, if we, if we consume any piece of media. Usually you would talk about, oh, what was your favorite scene? What, what do you think of the actor? But we would go like, you know that one part? We should put that in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's great that, that you're sort of wanting to have that sort of 
I guess like a, a family friendly horror. I think that's what Mag put there, a family friendly horror experience. Because I mean, horrors, horror is my jam. That's like my blood. It's been part of me since I was probably born. Um, I'm passing it on to my kids as well. You know? <laughs> I mean, this is all that is basically horror. Um, wow. But but to have something that has that sort of little bit of scare to it but still that bit of fun to it is a is a really for me as a horror fan it's important to be able to have those sort of experiences um with your kids like you were saying ali it's you know it's like when you watch ghostbusters for the first time you know it's yeah. funny but it's a little bit scary at times but it's not terrifying um so oh. it, yeah in, in in that instance i think you've you've absolutely nailed every aspect of the uh of what you've set out to achieve with that so yeah i yeah, it's it's yeah, just really cool to hear the various influences. Like yeah. certainly the horror stuff for sure. Yeah. And to be fair, my kids gave me a lot of advice. They, yeah. they were able to play the game. Yeah, there were some of the main play testers for this. Yeah, game. <laughs> and you know, kids they come up with all sorts of stuff. Which is uh, yes, they do. Yes, hmm. they do. Sometimes you have to put that little filter on them and be like, yeah, let's just dial that back a bit. We're <laughs> not going I, quite I that I, far. I think it's sort of also unlikely influence that we had was 2000 AD as well in terms of because um, obviously we've got all of these comics and actually yep. that's the sort of art style that we wanted to go for is something quite western and, mm -hmm. and has that retro aesthetic for example like our like our cover art that you can see behind us we wanted to make sure that it still felt very western still felt very retro um, because a lot of modern things that they are quite influenced by anime and I really love that style but we wanted to make sure that people felt like they were being taken back yeah no that's that's i mean that, that's a really good point to sort of pull through on it's again it's it's setting the style of the game in an environment where there are a lot of games that are in that sort of style but it, it these artistic choices that you've actually gone no no i want it to do this and i want it to feel like this so that it does this that's i think what is is really sort of drawing people to to want to play the game and certainly has brought us here to talk to you about it for sure <laughs> um Seeing as we're heading that way with art style, let's run straight with it. So the art style of Full Void, um, we're sort of already, I guess, sort of talking about it, but, but why make a game like Full Void in 2023 when there's, as we've said, there's all the 3D elements, there's all these other things that people can do. Um, what is it that made you think, I'm going to make Full Void in this modern era? Yeah, great question. I'll tell you what, in an age of AI and 3D, which is so easy to, you know, create uh, stuff in 3D or with AI, we wanted to bring the handcrafted nature of art back into people and game. So that's something, again, everything is done by hand by those lovely artists and they really sweat the details. And you can tell, you can tell when some, something's animated by hand. And there are advantages, right? In 3D, if you got a 3D, like you create a scene unit or some engine, right? You got everything has to make sense, has to fit the right proportion. Uh, you can fake some stuff, okay? But you know, you use physics, it becomes a bit constrained. We have no such constraints. If we can think of it, we can just do it. It's the same difference as a live action versus like Studio Ghibli. They can animate whatever they want, as long as it makes sense for them, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's like you know Peppa Pig. You never see Peppa Pig from the front. They can do whatever <laughs> they want, right? It's the same concept. And so I do like the challenge of making something by hand and showing that okay, it's handcrafted, and that's the value that we bring to the table. And again, it's something that wasn't possible back in the nineties. So the game, you know, it, it is a bit of a retro game, but actually, it will struggle to 
animated amount of content of a machine from the 90s. So mm -hmm. it's modern in that sense. It's a modern game. Uh, it's something no one, not many people are doing, like you know, this level of handcrafted animations because it does take a lot of time and energy and resources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just see Miles hanging his head. Then yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, also we we didn't really want to trend hop either. You know, um, yep. at the moment it's like you see one game succeeding and then you see 100 copies of it. Mm -hmm. um, and um, our ideas was to just really make something that will last, right? Something you can play 10, 20 years down the line and it still is a good experience for you. Um, and that was also one of the reasons we went with what Full Void became. Yeah, because I mean, I, d I don't know if it's if it was intended as an influence or even maybe even as a style of game, because it's just as we've been sort of talking about it and you, it was, it, just as you said then, Leo, about games that last, things that sort of stand the test of time. I've, I've recently just finished um, the Blade Runner remastered um, that came out for, for PS4, PS5 of the, of the 90s PC game. So I did have a PC once and I did play games on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Playing that game now, it's not really a remaster. They've kind of lied to us, really. They've just put the PC version on a disc, and it and it looks okay. But the game itself is still magical. It still plays fantastically. It's a point-and-click game, so you literally just put the cursor where you want, click to where you want it to go. It's a, you know, it's quite a nice, relaxing experience. But it's I got to the end of that and still felt you're like, yeah, th this is still a really good game. You know, there are games that I've paid sixty, seventy pound for that have taken 30 hours to complete that are still not as good as that game is. Um, and albeit I've only played half an hour of full void. Cause like I said, I can't, I can't do any more cause otherwise I wouldn't have given Ryan steam deck back. And I certainly would have spoiled myself for November, but that it, it's got that feel to it. You know, it's got this feel of adventure of, of wanting to explore. Um, and that, I, yeah, I think you, if you've set out to make a game that lasts, I think it will last. Um, it's for me, yeah, it had that. Well, I'm just sort of looking at it there. It's got that Blade Runner vibe for me in terms of, you know, game and lasting. And oh, it's going to be interesting. I really can't wait to I can't wait to play the whole game. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned point and clicks because one of the games I love that I kind of forgot to mention that is adventure games like Monkey Islands and mm -hmm. Yellow Jones, the kind of Harry LucasArts adventure. I'm a big fan. And I think Monkey Island, the first one and the second one, they still they're still great game. I play together with my kids and they enjoy them as if they were new games. They really enjoy that. Uh, obviously, you can save, so they're still they're still great games. You know, twenty years after. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, uh, I, I think as well, like on on the topic of you know pixel art as an art style in twenty twenty three, we're sort of we are in like a golden age of pixel art. You see so many pixel art indie games. I think uh, what we've already sort of touched upon what sets us apart from other pixel art games is that com that composition that you know heavy art style heavy art based style, mm -hmm. um, and then in addition to that, making a pixel art game now, which is still retro inspired, is all about the technological limitations. You know, Ali sort of mentioned this before. We're not limited by our technology anymore, so we're almost making the games that people would have wanted to make back in the day when we didn't have those limitations. You know, we're not limited by palette. We still pay homage to those by having limited colors, but mm -hmm. in the end we can do whatever we want. And uh, I think that's sort of one of the benefits. And then the other benefit of pixel art as well is that 
it's really great for um, rapid iteration for just game development yeah. in general you know we can mm-hmm. try out colors we can quickly change things you know we can have the game running we go that doesn't look right quickly pop to the computer five minutes later we've got a change for that level that's yeah that's it's really cool and yeah uh, pixel art is is like you said it's it is its own art form the fact that it's now you know is it, well, could we say it's its own genre now i think it is you know what type of game is that it's a pixel art game um that's almost like the first thing that comes off um people will then sort of build in their mind what they think it is and then you can kind of run from is it a platformer is it you know however else you've chosen yeah. to do the game but it it, it looks like a a painstaking art form you know to to be able to to do that all by hand you know that's that's absolutely insane i absolutely take my <laughs> take my hat off to anyone that's going to do pixel art because it's it, it, i mean you must love it yeah Surely. that's, that's yeah. you've got you got to love it <laughs> if you get me on a on a rant about uh, specific pixel art techniques i will bore oh, you God. for a good hour <laughs> i thought it just came in and went have you heard of banding and jaggies and leo's like no i haven't <laughs> i don't want to please <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's like since i've had my steam deck someone someone said to me today why haven't you got a triple a game on there like grand theft auto because he looked at my library and i've got full void hotline miami <laughs> slabs and beans I, I prefer the modern retro games that's what i want to play on on, on my steam deck. as well and they, there's a lot more emotion to them i think that's why i like 2d art as well is you can put so much more emotion into something like this yeah and to be fair pixar games look great on the steam deck or mm. the arcade there's something about the screen size it just just works really well i don't know brings yeah. me back to the game boy um like page in a way of nintendo, yeah nintendo ds as well yeah definitely so we've uh mentioned uh, steam deck a couple of times so before we get on to uh, sort of talking about uh, the evercade product and uh, how you guys uh, became involved with that. Um, something we just wanted to touch on is uh, that Full Void uh, runs natively on a Steam Deck, which when Ryan said that to me, I was like, I'm going to have to, uh, we're going to have to ask this because that's going to need a bit of explaining to someone in my head. I'm definitely an ideas man. I'm the one that throws all these stupid things out there and people say you can't do that because we can't, we can't do the technology. So yeah, can someone explain the, the Full Void running native on Steam Deck? Sure. Let me step back one second. Uh, We're very old school, so we like to do everything from scratch, end to end. We are a bit crazy in that regard. So we got our own engine, so we were not affected by any of the latest discussion on engine and stuff. We just know how to do it, and we like to do it from the the start. Uh, So Mm -hmm. having our own engine, we got full control of the stack. So we were able to port it to, uh, it's very lightweight, and we were able to port it to, other than PC, Mac, Linux, uh, Nintendo Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, and mobile. Obviously, full voice is not for mobile, but our engine runs on mobile. Mm-hmm. And uh, since we got a Linux porting of uh, full voice already done, it was really easy to optimize it for the Steam Deck. So Steam Deck, you know, normally on Steam Deck, it's got uh, a layer that helps you run games that designed for Windows, and it does it really well, to be fair. So full void, you know, we could have used that option, but we had the Linux, you know, porting anyway. So we said, let's optimize it, you know, we launch faster. And if you notice, full void is really quick to load. And once it loads, which is like instant, there are no loading times anymore, zero. Like the game will never stop to load anything forever. Mm-hmm. It's just done. And so, you know, it's a better experience on the Steam Deck. You just, especially on a uh, like portable machine, like the Evercade or the Steam Deck, you just want to pick it up 
play and then you know very quickly mm -hmm. not wait for the game to load and then update and then whatever right so that's 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 a reason you know we had the Linux port and basically that's what we use for for steam deck excellent also so you Oh, Blood is coming in there with the pitch. I got to give a shout out, yeah, to Rafael, which is the other developer together in addition to myself at the company. So Rafael takes care of the porting of the engine uh, mm -hmm. while we work on the game. He optimized uh, the, the game for the for Linux and, uh, and the Steam Deck. It's done an amazing job. Nice. I think it's me and you, Derek. We're the only two that don't have a Steam Deck here. I think we'll um I think we'll have to rectify this next year. So oh, I don't have one either. Yeah, <laughs> we might have to, yeah, yeah, we might have to yes, jump the company one. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so uh we'll move into um some of the uh more Evercade topics seeing as we are an Evercade podcast. Should, should so we let's... show another clip before we oh, go yes. on to the, yeah, the Evercade? Yes. Let, let's show another clip of, of the game. Uh Okay, here we go. Tantalizing, isn't it? It's like there's a good mystery to uncover here. I can you can feel the adventure. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so before we get on to the how did it happen, uh, I feel like I'm gonna go round to uh Derek and Blunners and also Mr. Ryan here. So the excitement for Full Void coming to Evercade. How do we feel, Derek? Oh, this is a massive, massive opportunity for uh, the Evercade community to grasp a game of this magnitude. As I say, I, I grew up, it was almost 40 years ago with Another World and Flashback. Uh, there were so many of, of those fantastic style games being done then. Even this year, we're, we're still waiting for Flashback 2 in November. And fans like myself will be eagerly anticipating that at the stroke of midnight. We waited that long <laughs> and we love those type of games. Even Blackthorn on the Super Nintendo is very, very similar to uh, Flashback. Um so, yes, we are super excited about Full Void coming to the Evercade and just getting that whole experience. And if, like myself, you've jumped in, you've bought that special edition uh, and you're looking forward to the comic and the art book and the uh, double-sided posters and things like that, then this is definitely the game for you. And hopefully you're equally as excited as I am. Derek is our man. He's our go-to for everything like that. So, yeah, he's always got all the knowledge. So, And he's a good salesman as well throwing that out there yeah um, you can beat the game better than <laughs> amazing mr mr blunners this is one you're excited for as well yeah i can't wait for this one um i might as i said i might just double dip and get on both get on the steam deck <laughs> and the evocade um so yeah it's it, it, like the art, i just love i just love the look of it and i you guys have said all the hard work and the blood sweat and tears that you guys have put in for it, it just—I just hope it does so well for you on all platforms. Thank you. Yeah, and Ryan, I know you've—you've uh, you've already played through it, but you do have your Evercade version on order as well. So excited for this on the system. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it on the VS, playing it on the big screen, playing it for again. Um, might be good. You mentioned in playing it with with um, a child. My daughter's nine years old and she's into video games. She'd probably sit through and play this with me. And it's a game that um, it's not unforgiving. You know, there's some tricky elements to it, but I find that with a bit of practice, you can progress through. Um, and anyone who's got an Evercade needs to get this game. This is up there. I, I really like Elwood's Awakening. Um, and I would say this is on a par with Elwood's Awakening in terms of the best game on, on Evercade. I honestly think it's absolutely superb. And I'll, I'll give a bit more of a review in, in a while whilst we when we talk about the hype um, of the <laughs> game and the positive reactions that it's received. Um, but yeah, on, on Evercade, I, I can't think of a better game for the platform. Mm. I, I think we said just before we went live, uh, I was mortified a couple of weeks ago where I thought I've not put in the pre-order for that, you know, the nice Evercade version. You know, I like the physical thing. If there's a limited version, I kind of feel like I need to have that as well. Um, but uh, Derek will be happy because I messaged Ryan earlier when I was going through uh, my Amazon orders. I did order it. Um, I just managed to forget that I'd ordered it. And, you know, the panic was for nothing. So we're all good. I'm back on track. Everything's okay with the world. Everything can reset to normal. Um, so, uh, yeah, for, for you guys then, how did uh, how did the deal with, with Evercade kind of come around? Were you aware of, of what it was beforehand? Or, yeah, just, just tell yeah. us how that, how that worked out. Yeah, uh, I read Retro Gamer magazine pretty much every month. And obviously they talk about Evercade a lot, and I was very much interested in it. And uh, last December, I went to the Nottingham video game exhibition that they did. It was quite small, very nice, uh, very nice show they, they put together there. And there I met Liam and Mark from Evercade Evolution magazine. They were super nice, and they saw what we were doing, they saw our games, uh, and they said, you know, those games will be perfect on the Evercade. And I said, yeah, actually, I, I love to put the games on the Evercade. Uh, and then that's it, you know, I just went home and I got an email from Liam that put me in contact with the CTO and CEO of Evercade, Andrew and Ryan, and uh, they were super nice. So I said, why don't you guys come over to the office and we show you also what we are working on. And they came over to Wimbledon, uh, our offices in Wimbledon in London, uh, and they saw an early version of Footboy, they played the game, and I think they really, really like it, and they said, you know, this is going to be perfect on the arcade. And they say, you know what? We'll do the single, you know, the first single game release uh, cartridge on the arcade with Food Void. And we were so excited, so happy. And we said, okay, on our side, we'll make our best effort to put as much content as possible into the, you know, the normal edition and the special edition. So we did the uh, prelude comic for both of them. So uh, the guys did a fantastic job. You know, we, we really had fun working the story. It was quite tricky because we had to work on the game and the content for the physical release. And we never done physical release before, we only done digital. So there yeah. was a hard deadline at the end of June, early July. And uh, so, but you know, we pull it off. Yeah. I'm happy to say we did not crunch. No. We didn't work on weekends. We worked, six, you know, eight hours a day, Monday to Friday, <laughs> but we did work. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they did the comic. Uh, again, it was quite fun also to, to work on the comic and the uh, the backstory for the game. And then we did, uh, you know, the guys work on an art book, uh, which was for the special to be just for the special edition, right? Uh, yeah. I guess you guys can 
Yeah, I, I mean, just the the whole idea of having your game on a physical release is is really exciting to me as well. So oh, I, I think that aspect of of working with Evercade to put Full Void onto a physical cartridge was amazing. When we sat down and started having meetings, like what what are we going to do for the game? And we talked about the special edition, and we talked about all the different things that we could put in it. Like, what do people want? How's the box going to look? And then they started sending files over as well. This is how to make it. And so I, I recolored the cartridge that they had and put the full void sticker on it and you know made a, made the little mock-up and was like, this is cool. And we're we're deciding on the color of the cartridge and the box art and everything like that. And and then working on the art book as well. I think I, I'm still yet to see like the art book yeah. and the manual, but but like Ali was saying, we were working on that while we we're finishing the game. And I think the art book's something like 60 pages. I don't, it's yeah. Yeah. it's a lot. And I, I think I put it together in about two weeks. And and I think the amazing thing about that as well for me is I wasn't part of the project early on. And so we had to go back through and take all of the artwork, even the really, really early prototype stuff that doesn't look anything like Full Void looks now and um, put that into the book. And so I got to see some of that old artwork I think actually what, what's quite funny as well is um, I saw this old artwork and went, oh, actually, this is quite nice. Because some of it was from um, the old artist, Dave Swan. And so I, he's a you know traditional pixel, like a really sort of a veteran pixel artist. And so I took some of his techniques and then put it into some later stuff that I hadn't seen before. So you, you might see some of that uh, in, in some Easter eggs if you yeah. can find that. Yeah, I have to say... Uh... Andrew and Ryan and everyone else at Blaze, they've been amazing. Like they've been the best partners, honestly. They were super easy to work with and we really had fun working together with them. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And uh, especially for those getting the special edition, um, well, this game had a lot of focus on art. So we it was the art book was jam-packed. We even had to like take some parts that were like, damn, I really like this image, but it's just like we have so much to show already. Yeah. Uh, so we're super excited. I, I really want to see the, the actual like art book myself as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, for a person who grew up looking at magazines with the, you know, watching progress art, like I remember uh, some of the adventure games and we'll show like concept art and stuff like that. I always loved looking at this stuff. So it's, it's nice to be able to uh, show people like what, what's been done in football, also stuff is doing the game, like, mm -hmm. it's part of, you know, concept and mock-ups for screens and enemies and stuff yeah. like that. It's really nice as well just for us to to look back at everything that we've done because you really get to see like you know all of the little stages and it really puts everything in perspective because you're just we're just yeah. like working day by day and yeah. you know we just see everything individual and then once you put it all out you're like oh wow that's <laughs> that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I, yeah. I think with the art book something that we've done with it was we've got these uh concertinas yeah. that's the right word um because with the art in full void the levels although they're discrete screens a lot of them have been made to be tiled and so i've taken some of those screens and put them together and so there's a nice little fold out bit in the art book which combines oh. all of the screens <laughs> together so yes. you can see one long composition and so there's a few of those, um, I think we've got two concertinas within the art book of various levels. And so you can see how that all works together, which you wouldn't be able to see otherwise in, in game. So you can tell we're all 16 bit kids, can't you? Because as soon as you said that, everybody went, ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like looking yeah. around for approval. Like, yeah, I can't wait <laughs> yeah. to get my hands on that now. 
Yeah, yeah I think Retro Gamer Magazine has done that for some games, which is always nice to see when you see them together, right? Yeah. On the screens. Yeah. But I mean, it's it, it, it always comes back in my mind, this this discussion of physical versus digital. And, you know, I'm I'm one of these people that if I know there's a physical version coming, I will happily wait um you know whether that's a year six months um you know the quake 2 remasters just come out like you know I, I could go and download that now you know i can play that tonight if i really want to um but you know limited run announced that they were doing a two-month pre-order for it and you're like all right cool well i guess i'm going to be playing that in 2024 <laughs> and there's plenty of other things to play but if, if i can have the physical version i always will um I think there was one game going off on tangent. I think it was Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice on PS4 that they were like, yeah, it's not coming physically. Like, right, well, okay, I'll buy this digitally. And six months later, they're like, oh, yeah, here's the physical. So I had to buy it again. Like, I've done everything in the game, but just wanted it on the shelf. Yeah, it it has to happen. So, yeah, very glad that that this this Evercade deal has worked uh, really well for you guys because, yeah, it's a cool game. So, to have it physically for me that's a that's a that's a big tick and i think it's the yeah. same for everyone here as well it's yeah the, the physical thing it's a yeah it's a big deal yeah I, i'm definitely thinking of getting a evocator this point as well especially the little pocket edition that they've just released <laughs> that's something that i want to carry around in my pocket with a cartridge of full void and go hey guys look at this game that I made. yeah <laughs> oh it'd be a great party piece right yeah oh, yeah exactly <laughs> uh okie dokie so um moving on to a part where ryan is going to be able to uh to give us his his review of the game here um we will uh talk about some of the positive uh reactions and the reception that full void has had um i'll let sort of maybe ryan and um and derek jump in here to sort of discuss the the positive praise about the game because it has had I mean, it's 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 had universal praise, hasn't it? Really? Yeah. Just 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 to give my thoughts on it, and I, I've kind of hinted towards my feelings during the the podcast. <laughs> um, I was lucky enough to um, be able to play Full Void on my Steam Deck, and it runs immaculately on there. Um, having an analog stick is an added bonus, I think, for the game. Um, but I I think that's because we're just so used to analog sticks now. Um, so don't worry with evercade because without the analog stick there it will run just as well um but i I think we're just a generation of analog stickers now um (laughs) but yeah getting back to the game um it's really atmospheric and it actually made me jump a couple of times without giving anything away when i was playing i was like whoa that's didn't expect that to happen um and it's not many games that that managed to do that um i enjoy the puzzle elements to it i didn't going into the game i didn't realized that there was going to be a, a few puzzle elements but um that really adds to it um but I, I don't want to give too much away because I, I see people in the comments saying no spoilers um it's just a brilliant game you're just in for a real treat i think it comes out is it first of november it comes out in evercade or 15th of november um, uh, 14th Derek, of november 14th yeah. of november um so yeah you just really look forward to to playing it and um honestly once i got it i couldn't put it down i was um yeah really into it and it's one of those games where i would stop playing it and think oh, i wonder what's going to happen next or the next screen or the next sort of flashback bit um yeah absolutely brilliant and um you you three and, and the others in your team should be really proud of yourselves because it is a, a cracking game thank you thank you yeah. <laughs> thank you 
Excellent. And Mr. Derek, how, what have you been uh, sort of hearing in terms of the, the sort of positive, uh, positive reception the game's had so far? Absolutely. I mean, uh, there's been a huge outcry from the community for these type of games, uh, as I say, that are like flashback and things like that. And if you think with 40 years, we're still talking about those games today. And I think, I mean, I hope I'm still here in 40 years time. If I am, I'd like to think I'll certainly be talking about full void still then. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a, a brilliant, brilliant game. And uh, everybody I've come across has been a positive experience and they're really looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah, this is a great opportunity, I think, for the community to get their hands mm. on something really special. And as I say, uh, these type of games don't come along too often. Uh, you get a flux of games every year. But let's just think, what did I play last year? I can't really think. But a game like this sticks in my mind. And then when somebody says it, whether you're at a gaming con or, you know, a gaming club, automatically you feel a connection these games have a certain atmosphere they invoke a certain feeling a bit like stranger things when you watch that on netflix and, mm. and i certainly i got an automatic connection of cycling around on my uh, rally bikes with my friends uh, growing <laughs> up and, and we used to have to go up a massive hill and i remember cycling up there to get my copy of flashback and my goodness it was a horrific hill and i wouldn't want to take it any <laughs> other time in my life but it was worth it just for that copy and uh, yeah we sort of uh, took a very slow pedal back after that but uh, it was worth it for that game and everybody was on fire in the playgrounds talking about it and i can see the kids now i i know they'll be uh absolutely thrilled with this game once they give it a go it is something special so yeah i think it's one of those that you sort of you keep quiet at home until it launches and then uh, you get to see what their reactions are because i think it will be something very special Nice. Yeah, but something that I didn't touch on, the, the art and the um, sound effects are, are just go so perfectly together. Um, yeah, it, uh, yeah. What, what you've put together is, is something really special. So, um, as I say, the EverK community are in for a real treat in the lead up to Christmas. Yeah, credit <laughs> to Jack for the audio. Uh, thank you so much, guys. That, that means so much. I mean, honestly, I'm almost getting emotional. This is <laughs> yeah. so much so much effort into the game it was two years of our life that we spent yeah. in this game and uh yeah it was a bit magical like we needed to complete the sounds and i said to you guys okay i'm going to look for someone because we got the deadline approaching and i got an email from jack uh saying uh i've seen your game uh i make this type of audio do you like it and i listened to it it was exactly what i wanted for full void uh i shared that with the guys and we were like yes we got to get this guy on board Thankfully, it was lovely. It was from uh, Mia Crowley. So it would just come to the office every day uh, for a couple of months mm -hmm. and really had to, you know, finalize the order, get that cinematic feeling to the game, to really connect it with the art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We really worked closely together to connect the animations uh, with, with the sounds. And some of the scenes, it really, you know, adds a lot to the, to the gameplay experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did a great job on the audio now, now that we're on the topic. And really added to the uh, the music that yeah. uh, Robin's done, yes. and you know, like when you hear the end credit music, yeah, they, they work really together. Yeah, I, I, would, I don't want to say too much, but it's it's yeah, but yeah, I think the mu even though it's like an atmospheric uh, game with with sound, I think the music is um, yeah. is is pretty good as well. Yeah, mm. it was a surprise to us as as well when everything like came together to work in the last three months everything like just connected mm -hmm. and for us it was you know 
especially you and I that yeah. started the project two years ago, to see everything connect like that at the end was really, really amazing. Yeah, especially at the start of the project where we, we would work without audio, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I'm drawing the stuff, he puts it into the game, we're just quietly looking at this screen and we're like, yeah, that, I think that's scary. Yeah, yeah that, right. that's <laughs> Scary, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then and then when we started putting in the audio, I would jump scared. I would get yeah. scared. You know, I, I literally drew this. I knew it was going to happen, but I still got jump scared. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's just the way it came together. Is yeah, there, there would be moments where when I'd actually like play something with the audio, and then we go, "Oh yeah, no, no, this this is it," because <laughs> it just it brings a whole nother level. And actually, a lot of the time, once the audio was in, I'd go, "Oh, I can make this scarier," because I when you see something it doesn't it doesn't quite have the same feel as when you hear it it's mm -hmm. like oh, ambience doesn't it's scary it's eerie but the visuals aren't quite there and a lot of the art that i do tends to be quite cheery and happy mm -hmm. <laughs> so when i when i would look at certain aspects yeah i change it and it would uh yeah it, the audio was so essential yeah, it's a bit like when you watch stranger things uh with you know without the volume right it's like it makes no sense it doesn't mm -hmm. like it's the same yeah yeah i mean it's interesting that you say that it kind of the, the art style that you particularly sort of normally do is, is is quite cheery um and maybe maybe some of the limitations of what pixel art does means making something a little bit sort of darker or a little bit more jumpy is is quite difficult because you know the game that i think of that i've played over the last couple of years that i really you know just just loved and it and music had a lot to do with it was martha is dead um but that's a it's an indie game but it's a modern game and it, it you know it's a it runs on a ps5 absolutely beautifully it's fully 3d it's it's set in italy it's 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 an absolutely magnificent experience but it, it you know it really uses things like ray tracing it really uses all of the the graphical elements to create a visually disturbing uh, scene and then the music on top of that just sort of adds to it um but they're using they're literally throwing everything you know including sinks and everything at it to make it as terrifying as it can be so yeah trying to do that with pixel art you know again just that that clip that ryan played earlier i i don't know what part of the game that is but just approaching that building and just having that sort of sustained i don't know like keyboard sounds of like dread and immediately like Oh, okay. <laughs> That's weird. okay. I'm I'm gonna have to go in there. I don't want to go in there, but we're gonna we're gonna go in there, and that's yeah. all through pixel art. So that's yeah. Yeah, pixel art naturally lends itself to quite a cartoony style voxel art as well. I think what I learned from Shadows of Doubt is really how to make something feel gritty, and mm -hmm. I think with people, that's probably the hardest thing to make look scary and feel real. Um, without you know but it's i think it's also you know it's for kids as well so actually mm -hmm. it softens a little bit of that, that that horror as well yeah so i just see alice alistair lowe's comment there from uh, from low tech games about playing uh gears of war one with his friends on a projector because his uh, speakers were at the other side of the room audio makes such a difference um Alistair is another uh, game developer. He's made some fantastic games. He's made uh, Flea and Tapeworm, which have also come to to Evercade. So everyone, everyone, all Evercade and, and stuff related this evening. I've uh, just got another. I've got a screenshot to show. I'm talking about the um, artwork in the game. I really like this. Just um, the the <laughs> mood to this. It's, it's just yeah. Just it's it's just brilliant. I am um, whoever put that together. This sort of area. <laughs> um yeah and then you've got um this here as well. 
yeah thank you yeah yeah i i, I quite like um this this section as well because this really shows that whole foreground background element that we have in full void mm -hmm. um, to frame the composition and to um you know completely change the atmosphere yeah I mean, I'm I'm already like engaging with the character just because it's like hood up, like yeah, I mean that's that that's a bit of me that is walking around with a with a yeah. black hood up and albeit purple, but Leo did an absolutely like fantastic job with the animations there because trying to convey that feeling of a kid with a rucksack, you know, they're not an action hero, they're not mm. leaping. I mean, they are leaping yeah. from platforms, but <laughs> they're not like scaling buildings, doing awesome parkour. They're a no. kid who is trying to get through um, the world. And uh, yeah, a lot of that is conveyed through the motion and the animation. With like yeah. over a hundred character animations, we've got like movement for everything. And yeah, Leo really knocked out the park with that. You you absolutely did that. Yeah, it, something that I was saying to Ryan when when I was playing it today for the first time. As soon as you push the character forward, you're like, oh, this is smooth. You know, it just. <laughs> It feels like, you know, when you watch um, really old claymation and then you watch modern claymation, you're like, oh, that's that's how it works. And for me, it's the same thing with this. It's It's got that pixel art vibe. It's got the 16-bit era going for it, but it runs as if it's just butter smooth. So, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, achieved what you wanted with that for sure. Um, okay, so we're coming into our last uh, couple of topics here. So I know this one hasn't even technically landed with Evercade yet, but are there plans to do another full void? Is the void yeah. full yet? Yeah, <laughs> it's tricky to say. Uh, full void came from a specific time on my life where I wanted to say what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind revisiting it in the future, but I'm not ready to do it now. I just, we just want to try something different next. Yep. You know, different in terms of universe. Uh, similar in terms of games. Obviously, we're not ready to announce. We're working on something already. Uh, <laughs> yes. It's not, it's not a sequel to Full Void. It's another game. Okay. But if you enjoy Full Void, you will enjoy the next game. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Kind of answered the... I uh... working on Full Void again in the future. Just not, yeah. not right now. Not right now. From, uh, <laughs> from Dark Art. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of already answered the next question, but that is what is next for Out of the Bit? What uh, is there anything you can tell us about what you've got coming up next? Let's see. Carry on with the mission of uh, giving people a, a short adventure to explore, right? It will be similar. Still 2D, hand animated. Uh, so yeah and um now uh unlike with full void where we start off with one and a half artists and one artist for almost mm. a year and then another artist joined and had to adapt to the style so it was like you know um for the next project we have me we have miles and we have tom uh so we have three artists off the bat right um and we we have right after releasing full void immediately ali was like well the artists don't have anything to do after the release so how about you guys already start you know, thinking of, a, of some amazing stuff for the next game. And we just went crazy with ideas and concepts already. Yeah. 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 And I, I think as well, like for me, working on Full Void, I'd, I'd done maybe one environment art piece um, before working on that. And now I've done hundreds. And so I've learned a lot. <laughs> and uh, I've learned so much about color theory and composition and done loads of animation and Leo's done loads of animation. Yeah. So whatever the next game is for us, uh, it's going to be a whole nother level. Yeah, step up. Yeah, it, yeah. because 
now the team is bigger, you know, from the start. And the guys, they got faster doing what they do and better. So I'm actually excited to see what they do as well. Because again, I'm a programmer. I like to put everything together, like lead the project. But I'm as surprised as you know, everyone when I see what those guys do, because I can't drop to save my life. <laughs> so yeah. they, <laughs> when they put place out the place all the hard programmer suggest a new level design idea he would try to draw a stick man and we're like man, yeah. i actually struggled to draw <laughs> actually like, is that a dog or is that the main character <laughs> you know so i'm as surprised as everyone else when i see what those guys and them put together and you know having the three of them together it's it's insane in the office so good we already have a prototype of the next game working and the, the graphic and the animations are insane yeah so, uh, so yeah, I'm excited to work with those guys again. Excellent. Um, I'm just going through now some of the styled questions. I think we've probably answered um, some of these questions just through natural conversation. Um, so I'll bring them up anyway, just in case somebody joined um, a little bit late. We can just sort of do like a quick, um, maybe a quick recap of some of it there. Um, so we had our first one here. Uh, specifically for you guys um, with all the popular platforms out there what drew you to blazes evercade project um, and also were the likes of another world uh, odd world inspire full void um yeah i think you sort of covered it a little bit earlier with in terms of um another world names odyssey and stuff yes being a um a bit of an inspiration um but yeah maybe we can just sort of run very very quickly again with what what drew you to to blaze and the evercade yeah. Absolutely. I think the Evercade is a perfect fit for our like company mission, like modern classics, right? It's really, really, it's a modern console, but it's also, you know, plays classics, right? And now they're going towards like new retro inspired games as well. So it's really the natural fit for us, for both of us who plays and for us. That's why we really enjoy working together so much. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was nice to uh, spend some time together with them again at WASD. Uh, mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago, uh, yep. we're going to meet again in Blackpool. So I, if everyone is, is coming to Blackpool, do stop me, say hello. I, I do enjoy talking to people. That's why I'm going, connecting to people, content creators. It, it is nice. Trying other games as well, you know, playing other games, talk to the developers. I always love, uh, you know, other pixel art games as well, especially pixel art, you know. Yeah. No, not just, but I'm, I'm very much drawn to pixel art myself as well. Perfect. Yeah. Could yeah. could we see Super Arcade Football and Super Arcade Racing on a dual Evercade car? Is that something we could see in the future? Because both those games look great. Um, and Evercade, it's got sensible soccer, but the other football games aren't great on there. So um, is that Thank something? Thank you. Uh, I cannot confirm, neither deny. I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, watch this space. What a great answer. I'm. <laughs> fully versed in the uh, neither confirm deny policy so uh, <laughs> um okay so next question is from uh, another rgr uh, team member um this is from our friend tim um did you have any tricky bugs when making the game and how did you overcome them um tim will be asking this because he over the last year or so has uh, decided to try uh, his hand at making a game boy game um, he's doing incredibly well with it. I think it's a very cool little project that he's got going on. Um, so, yeah, having an opportunity to, you know, ask you a question like this is probably going to be invaluable to yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. 
uh, tricky. I, I'm not sure. I would say funny bugs. We had a few funny bugs at some point as we kept adding animations of what the main character could do. Obviously, at some point, some of the other levels, uh, then you could do some action, go somewhere else. So escape the grid, escape the matrix, so to speak, and go yeah. to like a black screen or something. Right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> we knew what was happening. I'll give you an example. At some point, we introduced the ability to like uh, crouch down and then go down a ledge, right? So uh, then we got the demo together for uh, WASD uh, for April. And then at some point in one of the other levels, people find a way to escape the grid and go into, <laughs> into a black yeah. room, right? Which is <laughs> So we knew knew how to fix it. Uh, yeah. It was quite funny. Uh, nothing too tricky, really, because again, the engine by this point is quite um, quite solid. Uh, I mean, I mean, also just every time we did go into a black screen, we go, "Oh, it's the void! It's full void!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Well, now you reached the full void." <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'd say um, the. The only bugs we would find is usually when, like, um, us, the artists, obviously, didn't pay attention. And um, we we have something in our drawings that took care of collision for Ali when he codes the game, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, sometimes we'd forget to put that into the drawing. And then Ali puts it into the game. He's like, I can't see the character, what's going on. And we're like, that's weird. You must have done something wrong in the code, right? And then we look at our artwork and we're like, I'll be right back. Let me just. <laughs> of times I would export a screen with the character in the artwork of the screen, and I was like, "Why is the character not moving?" <laughs> it's because like the sprite in it is it's, it's like a reference. Yeah, no, it was a, it's like a Spider-Man meme. Yeah, we would have a doppel. Yeah. Yes, everyone's yeah. pointing. Just pointing at each other. Sometimes I would then intentionally troll Ali by leaving stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. one time I just left five of them about the screen. Yeah, and my past is obsession with Peppa Pig. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you find any Peppa Pig in the game, there shouldn't be any because we don't have any license to put Peppa Pig in the game. Yeah. It was a place of any place all they would put Peppa Pig in it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And, I don't know, so, it just became a running joke. I was, I was yeah. really scared of actually releasing the game with some Peppa Pig guy. If yeah. you find it, it will become a like, collector edition. Like, yeah. I don't want to be fired. Yeah. <laughs> Man, going off, we've done really well to not go off on tangents because going off on tangents is one of our superpowers. Um, you're mentioning Peppa Pig, and <laughs> <laughs> it's got nothing to do with video games whatsoever. Um, everything to do with Peppa Pig. So anyone that doesn't have kids probably doesn't get to experience Peppa Pig. Um, and I remember when my middle daughter was was quite young, she's watching Peppa Pig, and my one of my friends come over who doesn't have kids. And he's like, why is there a pink hairdryer on the telly? Not having any reference that she's meant to be a pig. And you're like, ever since then, I cannot look at Peppa and see a pig. All I see is a hairdryer. It's just the oddest thing. Um, and if anybody would like to, um, anyone that's artistic like you guys are, if anyone would like to try and artistically draw Peppa Pig at what she would look like if we looked at her straight on, I'd quite like to see um, artist interpretations of what they think that's yeah, going to look I, like. I, I drew one of those, like, front on with the four eyes as well. <laughs> one of the placeholder arts. And, and it was really weird as well, was I was drawing all of these Peppa Pigs, and then we'd see a poster on the London Underground for Peppa Pig and these, these tablets, and it had a symbol that's the same as in the game. No! And then, that's really weird. <laughs> 
complete coincidence. I was like, what? <laughs> ah, the, the architect from the Matrix was paying attention yeah. there. He's like, this will fuck with these guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, that's also with the with the comic as well. Um, oh, yeah. So when, when Apple oh, Vision okay. got released, um, can I talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when Apple Vision got released, it the same week we were doing the comic for uh, the special edition, and... Um, We've got this post on our Twitter. Leo somehow managed to draw a still frame from the Apple Vision of someone wearing like a VR headset. It's uncanny. It is. Yeah, I drew that like a few days before the video release. Yeah, like we yeah. didn't know about that. And then yeah, I it's think... just this like guy with a beard and a VR headset. It's the same image. It's incredible. Yeah. Like he drew that before Apple announced it. We've never seen it before, of course, and. And then Apple did the video, and there was a screenshot of the, this guy. It was uncanny. It was the same guy that Leo drew. <laughs> oh ah, you're a, you're a future seer. You're a visionary. A lot you know, imitates art. Leo is a visionary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that blunders. Yeah, we'll ask you for the lottery numbers later. We'll see what you see what you think. Um, okay, final question is from Mr. Goldtooth Gaming. This guy has an incredible talent, which we will tell you about after his question. And that is, if you guys could have one singing artist for the soundtrack, who would you pick? Um, <laughs> one singing artist for a soundtrack. For, for, for a soundtrack in full void. We'll go with yes. Let's go with yes. We'll keep yeah. it full void related. Okay. Uh, I'm a sucker for the cranberry, so I'd say Dolores, but she's dead, unfortunately. So, yeah. It would have been a good choice. Yeah, Dolores would have been a great choice for you. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Something, something gospel, maybe. <laughs> we saw orchestral yeah. or something. I don't know. Or, or Charlotte, something Charlotte Church. Bloody yeah. hell, mate! <laughs> there's there's tangents, and there's tangents. <laughs> that's that's a tricky one. Yeah, I would go for something retro sounding. Yeah, I mean, I listen to a lot of the weekend. Ah, while drawing yeah, for full yeah. void you know it's uh, well he's not technically retro but the beats that he has yeah, yeah. you know very um, synthy it's well. very synthy right and mm. it, it put me into the mood of, to draw those ambience and move in full void yeah i mean yeah i did listen to a lot of oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i had a song <laughs> on loop for a few weeks yeah. non-stop yeah. i made them go more crazy than me somehow but yeah, yeah. I, since that question's been asked, I can hear two voices in my head over some of the some of the gameplay and the and the images I've seen today. So I'm going to chuck Beth Gibbons from Portishead out there as as her voice, and uh, I'm a massive Bjork fan. I think Bjork's <laughs> voice suits everything. So having having that Icelandic queen singing over some of the stuff, I'd be I'd be all into that. Excellent. Um, well, thank you, everybody in the chat for throwing in your questions uh, there. If we didn't get to one of your questions, it will be just because we we absolutely covered it earlier in the show. So rather than uh, reiterate the whole thing again there. Um, guys, I don't think we, we can thank you enough for uh, giving up some time of your of your evening to come and, and talk to us about the development process of the game just uh, it, it's been an absolute pleasure and a, and a real honor to, to speak to you about it um, and just get a little bit of insight into into full void before it you know graces its presence with us on evercade um just thank you very very much we're always astonished when people say yeah well we'll come over and chat to you like it's yeah, yeah. 
thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's been thank a you. pleasure to talk to you and hear your thoughts about the game. It's uh, It really makes it feel real for us as well, like yeah. at, at the end of the project, getting it out there and hearing people's views because, you know, you keep it hidden for so long. You're like, why am I doing this? And then when we hear things from you guys, your reactions, it really, really makes it for us. Yeah, well said. Yeah, well said. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Well, we obviously wish you the the utmost of success uh with the with the impending physical release um i think it's i think it's going to become as as everyone has said i think it's going to become one of those games that people just naturally start to gravitate towards i think it's going to become one of those classic ones that people will talk about for a really long time um you know in, in a in an era where people always complain there's not enough new ip being made here's one um so you know if you're one of those people in the chat that complains there's no original games being made anymore just go and buy full void now um double dip on it if you if you must i think blunders has already probably done it throughout the stream i think he's probably already clicked download and is downloading it to his steam deck now from that cheap it's in the basket it's in the basket in a minute yeah from that it's already pre-ordered on evercade so from that yeah. cheeky smile he gave, it was like, yeah, he's done it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, there's there's a there's a high chance that I might end up doing it for the Switch. If I'm honest, there's there's little parts of me that are like I don't know if I can if I can. Wait. I mean, I've got the special version. It's because it had to be physical. So can I wait? I don't know. Possibly not. Just play um, it on my Steam Deck. I'll bring it in the work for you again, and you can just um, crack on with it because it's saved where you were. That's just going to make me want a Steam Deck, and I, I don't, <laughs> don't need, I don't need a Steam Deck in my life right now, Ryan. <laughs> I barely hold on as it is. <laughs> it's nearly oh, Christmas. I don't need convincing. I'm a <laughs> person for this. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been a it has been a genuine pleasure to speak to you guys. Hopefully, um, we'll be able to talk to you guys again maybe next year when stuff's sort of building up for any newer projects or. You know, if um, if if Anytime. full void if full void goes turbo, we'll have to have you back on for uh, for a retrospective to sort of talk about about the 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 reactions to it and how it's all gone. Um, everyone in the chat, thank you very very much for um, making the chat as active as you do. Um, it's uh, it's truly a blessing to have you guys all here along with us as well. So thank you also very much. Um, if you're new to here or you're seeing this after the uh, the live element, please do um, consider hitting that subscribe button because that does help us out a ton. All that good stuff that you have to say at the end of these things. Um, hit that like button because that lets us know that you've been here and lets us know that you like this type of content and sort of gives us an idea as to what we can jump on in the future. Um, but yeah, just uh, again, on behalf of us all, thank you uh, so very much for joining us out of the bit. Um, Best of luck with the, the physical release coming up. Um, and uh, again, thank you everyone for watching live. And we will see you all uh, tomorrow. So, oh, don't, it's on Switch. There it is. It's on. It's going to happen, isn't it? We're going to double We're going to double dip. Never mind. <laughs> it's happened. I've convinced myself. Um, but no, thank you so much again. And uh, yes, we will see you uh, live tomorrow. So watch this space. And uh, everybody else, good evening. Have a good Bye. evening. Bye.